We worship you. We worship you. Glory be to God. Glory to be to God. Amen. Tell somebody you love them this morning, then you can be seated. Hallelujah. My goodness. <laughs> I hope I don't embarrass y'all. I'm, uh, I'm too old to change. I'm too happy to change. <laughs> Amen. God put a shout in me a long time ago. I hadn't lost it. Still got it. And it's good to get it out and use it every now and then. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Dane Hall used to say, better felt than telt. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, since we sang that song, I, I wanted to uh, encourage the church this morning. Thanks for coming today. And rainy day and uh, a lot of churches dismissed and but uh, Jesus is real and and I, he works whether I'm sick or not sick and uh, I tell you it doesn't influence him at all he's still sitting upon the circle of the whole earth and upholding all things by the word of his power and it doesn't matter what the democrats do or the republicans say He's in control. <laughs> oh, and I, and in Him. Listen, that, that Peter says, in Him we live and move and have our being. Awesome. Take your Bibles and let's turn to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And. Uh, I just, I just want to read one verse there, verse 7, and then we'll go over to our main Scripture text in um, Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you so much for your kindness the, to our good board. Thank you for remembering my wife and I on our birthday. This is a special birthday for me. I'm on Medicare. I've lived long enough to get something. I've been paying in all these years. And I'm just grateful to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, uh, this morning, just for good measure, I did, I did 50 push-ups and 200 stomach crunches. That's pretty good for a 65-year-old dude, isn't it? Trying to get better. Just catch up with my wife. She's going to outlive me if I don't do something. <laughs> She's going to outlive me and she don't even have to do stomach crunches. That's bad. <laughs> something not right about that. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being uh, so kind as to, to remember us. Uh, the pretty shirt I got on this morning and the tie and the thing. Boy. I look sharp as a marble, don't I? Someone in our church so kind uh, to us. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Verse 7, now listen to it. For we, the people of God, children of God, for we walk or live, conduct ourselves, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is uh, the, the uh, faith chapter of the, the New Testament and it records uh, faith's hall of fame, many preachers have said, and it, and it recalls the unfeigned faith of so many of God's people uh, and they become examples to us of how we are to walk by faith. And let's, let's look today at verses 4 through 7. And we, we're going to look at three, three men here who give us an example of living by faith. Verse 4, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of His gifts, and by it, He being dead, yet speaketh. Don't you want to live a life so faith-filled that even after you're gone, and you've received your reward in the presence of God, even after you, you're gone, your life is still making a difference. Your life has left a legacy of the love of God and the grace and glory of Christ and and Abel, though he was dead, his life was still making a difference. Verse 5, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony. Come on, a faith testimony. If you walk by faith, if you live by faith, I'm telling you, you're going to have a testimony. You, you're, you, people are going to say, there goes a man or a woman of God, and, 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 and folks are going to want to emulate and be like you. For before his translation, before he was taken into the presence of God, this was his testimony that he pleased God. That can't be said about a lot of people. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Verse 7, here's our third guy. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet as seen, moved with fear, prepared or built an ark, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Heavenly Father, would you just move today in the preaching of the gospel? I, I pray, Lord, that in this difficult time in our nation and things seem to be in, in such a quandary and we're wondering what is going to happen. Uncertain days. I pray that we will find ourselves people of faith who are not moved 
nor distracted, nor made fearful because of this life and its stuff. Let us walk in faith in this day and this hour. Give us the victory that comes from faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. A guide was conducting a group of tourists around the Empire State Building. On the elevator ride to the 102nd floor, a nervous woman asked, what if these elevator cables should break? I've been in an elevator with that person. There's always one. What if these elevator cables should break? Would we go up or would we go down? And the guide says, that depends entirely, ma'am, on the kind of life you've been living. <laughs> Dear friends, brothers and sisters, when you ride an elevator, do you worry that the cables might break? If you don't, it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith in something or someone. An airplane flew into a violent storm and was soon swaying and bouncing around. And one very nervous lady, and I've sat next to her too, happened to be sitting next to a preacher and turned to him for comfort. And she said, aren't you a preacher? Yes, ma'am, I am. Can't you do something about this? And he replied, sorry, ma'am, I'm in sales, not management. <laughs> if you've flown lately, does it make you nervous? I, I've, I've, I've flown, I don't know how many times I've flown, probably... Two, three hundred times I've been on an airplane, and and I'm telling you, I have never put my weight fully down yet. <laughs> if you know what I mean. When they wheeled a man into the operating room and they raised his gown to make the incision, the surgeon found a piece of tape pasted across his stomach, and it said. My life is in your hands. I trust you. Someone asked a stranger, Do you believe in the survival of the fittest? And the man replied, No, I don't believe in the survival of anybody. Why don't you? Because I'm the undertaker. What are the chances of surviving another day? It may depend on your family health history. What are the chances of living for many years? People of all ages die every day. But most people don't worry about dying. Why? Because it's called faith. It's either faith in their age, their health, or faith in the Creator that He will allow them to live longer. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. There's a lot of people in the world, even unsaved people, who don't realize that they literally live a life of faith. We're encouraged in the Scripture 
to walk by faith, to live by faith. Many people of the world scoff at the faith business. But everybody really ultimately lives by faith. They live by faith in something or someone, whether they want to admit it or not. So when someone says to you that they don't believe in the, this faith business, just remind them that they too live by faith and then give them a simple illustration of that fact. I have faith that my car will get me where I'm going. But I have an even greater faith in my God who will get me to heaven. That is the kind of faith which we must live by. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. The one who comes to God must believe that He is and that He will reward them for earnestly seeking Him. You can't please God and live in doubt. You can't please God and not be a faith person. You can't please God without living in faith. Faith in Him, faith in His promises, our, our, our scripture text in Hebrews chapter 11 gives us three examples of powerful faith lessons. Number one, Abel. He's a picture of faith worshiping God. Our faith will worship God. If you have a Bible faith, if you have a faith that comes from God, that faith will express itself in a worship to God. Unsaved people may not worship God, but I'm telling you, all saved people will worship God. I, I hear people all the time nowadays especially saying, well, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't need to go to church. I can just, I can preach my own sermon at home and I can give my own offering at home and, 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 and I, I can just do, I can just have church at home. Now listen, if you're, if you're homebound and you're sick and unable to be in the house of God, I, I understand that completely. But, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Bible says that Jesus died to build His church Jesus died to gather together a body of people called out of this world for the glory of His name. And the writer of the book of Hebrews, the same one who wrote chapter 11, also writes to us and tells us in chapter 10, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. When I got saved, God put a churchgoer in me. I want to be in the house of God. If I wasn't a pastor, I'd be in the house of God. Abel is a picture of faith that worships God. Three pastors got together for coffee one day. And they found out that all of their churches had bat infestation problems. If you heard of bats in the belfry, they had it. One said, I got so mad I took a shotgun and I just fired at every one of them. Just in the midst of them. It made holes in the ceiling. It made holes in the wall. It, it, it messed up the bell tower, but did nothing, absolutely nothing to solve my bat problem. Another one said, I tried trapping them alive. And then I drove 50 miles before releasing them. But they beat me back to the church. 
The last pastor said, I haven't had any more problems, guys. Let me tell you what I did. I simply baptized them, and I made them members of my church, and I hadn't seen one of them since. <clears throat> Preach! If we know anything about the Word of God at all, we know that faith worships God. And if it doesn't worship God, if it doesn't want to sing, if it doesn't want to clap its hands, if it doesn't want to dance, if it doesn't want to bow, if it doesn't want to pray, if it doesn't want to humble itself, if it doesn't want to honor, if it doesn't want to respect God, I'm telling you, it's not God's faith. The faith of God wants to worship God. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Let us draw near to God. What does that mean? That's worship, and that's what faith in the Lord does. It causes the presence of God to draw near to us. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you, is what the Bible tells us. Faith worships privately. Faith worships silently. Faith worships in the prayer closet. Faith worships in the car. Faith worships in home. Faith worships at the job. But I'm also here to tell you that faith worships out loud. Faith worships publicly. Faith worships with a crowd. Faith worships wherever we are, anytime and all the time. God is seeking such to worship Him. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Faith worships by whispering prayers continually throughout the day. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You, just under your breath, you're, bless you, Jesus. Thank you for my turkey and ham sandwich. Thank you for that little bit of cheese on the side. Thank you for some of Bev's coconut cake. I think that was a prophetic word. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to sleep last night. Thank you for allowing me to have a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, that I wasn't sleeping outside with a dog. Whew. Faith worships God. Two men were out fishing on a Sunday morning. One of them was feeling really guilty because he had, he'd, he'd always gone to church and, and he wasn't in church, so he's feeling really guilty about not being there. And he said to the other guy, I guess I should have stayed home and gone to church. And the other guy said, well, I couldn't have went to church anyway. My wife is at home in bed sick. You'll catch that in a minute. Faith doesn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together on the Lord's day. Faith says, I want to be in the house of God. Faith says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, I think I want to say that again. Faith says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Come on. 
Faith doesn't stay away from the house of God. Faith wants to fellowship God's presence and God's people. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than his brother Cain did. And by it, he obtained a testimony that he was righteous. There are three things real quick about Abel's faith and faith that worships. Number one, faith, faith's worship always offers a gift. You're fixing to preach about money, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm going to preach about worshiping God with a gift. God has given you three gifts. Every one of us. God has given us time, talent, and treasure. And He expects you to worship Him with all three of them. In the Old Testament, the Bible tells us about a time when the house of God fell in disarray. And, and the people were more concerned about their work than God's work. And, and their houses were walled and lined and trimmed. Their houses were beautiful and well kept. But the house of God was in disrepair. And God said, I'm tired of it. I want you to get back to putting me where I belong. And that's in first place. And, and, and so he, he told the people of God that they needed to repent and come back to the Lord. And that they needed to start doing something for God. And so they received an offering. And they, they began to put their talent and their time and their treasures back into the house of God. And they rebuilt the house of the, the Lord. And they, they, they glorified the house of God. And they honored the house of God. And they made it beautiful again. And I, I'm telling you friend, when, when we worship God by faith, uh, our spiritual houses uh, are going to be beautiful and our lives are going to be adorned with the things of Christ uh, and the things of Christ are going to be number one in our lives. You can watch somebody backslide gracefully. And the first thing that will happen is they'll find a reason not to be in the house of God. And then they'll find a reason that they, they don't really need to honor the Lord with any of their stuff. And then they'll find themselves completely away from the house of God. It happens over and over and over again. But I'm here to tell you, if you've got the faith of Abel, if you've got the faith of Abel, your faith will desire to give God your best gift. You won't bring God a sick sacrifice. Uh, the Bible says that in that day of Hosea that, that I was just talking about, they would bring the, they would bring the priest a, a sick lamb. Now, now, what's wrong with that? He, he was given a lamb, but, but you see it was a sick lamb. And the Bible had stringent, stringent rules concerning the sacrifice. It was to be the firstling of the flock. Firstling not only in the sense of birth, but it also was to be in the sense of without flaw, without blemish. It was to be the best. And they were bringing God their old sick lambs. And they were bringing God their sick cows. And they were bringing God all of their sick animals. And, 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 and God said, this is not going to get it. This is why there's famine in the land. This is why there's drought. This is why there's disease. This is why there is trouble and problem. Listen, if we forsake God, I'm telling you, we open a door, Pandora's box, if you will, and sin will have its way. And I'm telling you, America is opening the door. We have walked away from our God and our worship of God. And we've allowed Pandora's box to be opened. And I'm telling you, the horse is out of the boat. That's just an old country boy's way of saying sin is going to have its way. 
And I believe with all of my heart, if, God, if, if the ables of God in this generation will get back to worshiping God with their best gift, if we'll bring God a, 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 our best hallelujah, if we'll bring God our best offering, if we'll bring God our best time and talent and treasure, if we'll give God what we have, God will give us what He has. And I'm telling you, a nation whose God is the Lord will be a nation who's blessed. But the Bible says every nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. I'm preaching just a little bit this morning. Faith offers a gift. Faith, faith's worship not only offers a gift, but faith's worship verifies our heart relationship. Notice what the Bible says. It says that because of Abel's gift, he obtained a witness. God called him righteous. In other words, Abel's sacrifice and worship pleased God, and God called him righteous. Now there's several implications to that, and I don't want to bore you with the theology of it, but I'm just telling you, when Abel offered that best lamb to God, it was a picture, a powerful, poignant picture of what God would do on the cross about 4,000 years in the future. Jesus Christ would hang on Calvary's cross as the perfect spotless Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world and everyone who offers that sacrifice and everyone who receives that sacrifice, God calls us righteous. You're not listening to me. Somebody ought to get up and run around the building now. Do you understand that when Abel offered his best sacrifice, which pictured Jesus, God called Abel righteous. That means Abel was declared not guilty of sin, but Abel was still a sinner. When you receive Jesus, God's best sacrifice, when you give God your best worship, when you give God your best lamb, I'm telling you, God calls you righteous. It was counted to Abraham for righteousness' sake. It is counted to you for righteousness' sake. You were imputed righteous by Almighty God. God says, if you worship me like Abel worships me, you're going to get a testimony that you please God. The only way to please God is receiving his son Jesus Christ as your savior when you do God is pleased with you and he calls you his child he calls you righteous faith's worship verifies our heart relationship with God and thirdly faith's worship leaves an eternal inheritance and an eternal influence Notice the Bible said, God testifying of His gifts. God testified of, of, of Abel's gift. God called him righteous. But then He said, because of it, even though He being dead, His life still speaks. I said it a few moments ago, don't you want to leave behind a legacy? Don't you want to live a life where somebody's going to say, you know, Grandma, she loved Jesus with all of her heart. I want what Grandma had. I, I want what Papa had. I, I tell you, uh, that man loved Jesus Christ with all of his heart. He gave his best life to Christ. 
And I want to follow Him. I'm telling you, I, I have walked uh, behind many, many a mentor. And I have stood tall on other men's and women's shoulders. Uh, I am a product uh, of the life of others who have lived righteously and for Christ uh, and who were on fire for God and who had a passion for Jesus. Uh, and I said, I said with the help and grace of God, God, I want to be like them. I want that woman's faith. Uh, I want that man's trust. Uh, I want that man's walk. I want that woman's prayer life. Lord, I want that person's faith. I want to give like that man. I want to serve like that person. I want to preach like that preacher. I'm telling you, we stand today in other people's shadow because they have lived a righteous life and we are influenced by the life they've left behind. I am a product. Your preacher is a product. Your pastor is a product of a pastor before him and one before him and one before him. I'm here to tell you I pray. I preach because of men and women who prayed and preached before me. We need to live such a contagious life that when we die and they lay us to rest, our lives still speak from the grave. Our faith really worships God. It will leave an eternal influence. May God help every one of us to live such a life. I'm going to close now. It's a pretty big plane, so the runway's long. <laughs> Just one warning. Abel is faith worshiping, Enoch is faith walking. The word walk simply means the way we live our life out. On Wednesday nights, we, we've been teaching for several, several weeks now on the ten walks of the book of Ephesians and how we live our lives for Jesus Christ. Walk worthy of the vocation. Walk different than the Gentiles. Walk in light. Walk in the Spirit. Walk uh, circumspectly. All those things. We're learning how to live our lives according to the dictates of the Holy Spirit. And here the Bible tells us about a man named Enoch. Enoch was, was the eighth from Adam. He, he was uh, living during a very wicked time just before the flood. I, I don't have time to describe to you the, the, the horrible world conditions as far as morality. Every imaginable sin and debauchery was being committed before the flood. And the Bible says it repented man. It made God mad and sad and it even made Him sick that He had created man because man had strayed so far from His created purpose and intent. But the Bible said that Enoch, when he was 65 years old, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, Enoch walked with God. And for the next 300 years, Enoch was taken away from this world at 365 years old. That's one year for every day in a calendar year. He lived uh, uh, one year of, of years. And, and, and 365 years. And, and 300 of those. The Bible says he was defined by his walk with God. Let me, let me give you three things real quick about Enoch. Faith, when it walks with God... It walks with God in difficult days. 
2 Timothy chapter 3. I won't take time to read it to you, but, but if you'll mark that verse of Scripture, we're going to be talking about it on Sunday night in, in a couple of weeks, signs of the time. And, and these things really are uh, so pinpointed as, as far as the generation we live in. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 says, In the last days, perilous or dangerous times shall come. And it goes on to tell us, men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They shall have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. In other words, they'll just play church. They say they got Jesus, but they don't have Jesus. They're Laodicean. They're rich increased with goods as far as their mind's concerned. And Jesus said they're naked, miserable, wretched, poor, and blind. That's the time we're living in. That's the day that we're living in. It's the time that Paul was talking about there. And Enoch was walking in a time just before the flood. Just before the judgment of God came. Just before, if you will, the tribulation of this hour is going to come upon the earth. We are living. This generation is an Enoch generation. We're not going to be allowed to carry on much longer. The Lord is going to take us to be with Him. His church is going to be with with him very, very shortly. And I tell you, I want to be a part of that Philadelphian church that Jesus promised because you've been faithful and true over the word of my patience. He says, I'm going to keep you out of the hour that is coming to trial them that dwell upon the face of the earth. Somebody shout, I'm going in the rapture. I'm telling you, Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage even unto the day that the flood came and took them all away. I'm here to tell you, very, very soon, people are going to be carrying on in their wickedness. The world's just going to continue to grow darker and darker and live in more debauchery and sin. And people are going to stray so far away from God and the church is only going to be just a just a, a shell of what God intends for it to be. So Laodicean and so worldly. But I'm telling you, in the midst of it all, God's got a remnant people that are living right. I'm telling you, God's got a people that are walking uprightly before Him. God's got a people that are praying. God's got a people full of the Holy Ghost. God's got a people that love the Word. God's got a people that are walking uprightly before Him. And in the midst of that generation that is so wicked and so sinful, the trump of God is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise and we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord just like Enoch was taken from that wicked day the church is going to be taken from this wicked day by faith Enoch was taken from this life so they did not experience death I'm just believing that every one of us in this room are going to be Rapture candidates. <laughs> Enoch walked with God 300 years. Faith walks with God in difficult days. Just because somebody else is not living for God doesn't mean I'm not going to live for God. <laughs> I tell you, I'm glad I had the parents and the grandmother and grandfather that I had. They, they, they were stubborn people. But they were stubborn in a good way. See, stubbornness actually is faith if you look at it in a positive way. The world says do this. No, I'm not doing that. Jesus says do this. I'm going to be stubborn against the world. How about you? 
I'm going to be faith-filled toward God. I'm telling you, my, my grandfather was an alcoholic. He, he raised three alcoholics, two, two daughters and a son. They had grandchildren, my first cousins. Just their lives were ravaged by alcohol. And, and their families are just, just a continual... Uh, it's horrible what what alcohol did to their families. But I'm telling you, I grew up in a, in a home that had escaped that. I grew up in a home that got insulated from that. I grew up in a home where my dad and my mom didn't drink and my grandma and grandpa didn't drink. They were teetotalers. And I'm telling you, I'm still a teetotaler. And I don't understand a church that wants to embrace drinking of any sort or any kind. The Bible says if it's alcohol, it'll kill you. It'll bite you like a serpent. It'll destroy your life. Oh, I just social drink. I'm just telling you the day will come every friend I've ever had that said they social drink ends up getting drunk. Well, I thought you said you just social drink. Well, I just, you know. I Joni Forrest was running the other day and she posted a picture on Facebook, sent chills all up and down my spine. There's a big old water moccasin crossing the road where she's running. I said, Joni, did it make your pace pick up just a little bit? I tell you, I'd have been so far down the road. But you didn't walk over there and pick it up, did you? I, I, will a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? How simple is that? Guy was walking in a blacksmith shop and, and, and the guy was uh, uh, doing horseshoes. And he just laid one down. And the man evidently didn't realize it. And he, he picked it up and it was burning his hand. He threw it back down. And the guy said, was that hot? He said, no. I, it just don't take me long to look at a horseshoe. Can I preach to you? Can I tell you, friend, if we can... Uh, a child of God who's walking by faith is a person who wants to divorce themselves from evil. Uh, Enoch could have played... Enoch could have played uh, compromise and he could have just played games with that generation. He said, you know, God, I love you and I'm going to serve you, but I, I'm going to live a little closer to the world. And, and, and I know you tell me not to do this, but I'm just going to get involved in this. And This looks like a lot of fun and my friends are just having a lot of fun and so I think I'll just... No, I'm telling you, the Bible says that when Enoch saw what was going on around him, faith said he was going to walk with God in spite of what everybody else was doing. It didn't matter if the social club was doing it. It didn't matter if the popular people on campus were doing it. It didn't matter if the best in town were doing it. Enoch walked with God and had favor with God. Had a testimony that he pleased God. And the Lord took him to be with him. And it's going to be just like that. In this day and hour, I want to be that people. I want to be in that group of folks that walk with God in a difficult day. And when the trump of God sounds, I'm going up to be with Jesus. Let me close. Father, thank You this morning for the Word of God. and Lord, on my 65th birthday, what a, what a privilege to be able to preach. What a birthday present, Jesus. And Lord, I, I pray the people have had an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit has said. Lord, we're living in a difficult day, a troubled time. And God, You're wanting us to walk with You. You're wanting us to worship You like Abel worshipped. 
have a testimony that we pleased God. And even though we're dead, yet our life is speaking. Lord, You want us to have a faith that not only worships, You want us to have a faith that walks with God. Every day. Lord, don't give us a sometime relationship with You. Don't let us be just a Sunday morning Christian. Don't let us be that person who prays only when we have to. God, help us to be that man, that woman who is given their everything. When the world turns the pressure up, we're just going to keep on walking with God. Because Lord, we know one day the trump of God's going to sound. And we're going home to be with Jesus. Help us to be ready. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, before we come to the end of this service, maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, my heart's not right with God. Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm backslidden. I've known the Lord, but today I'm cold and indifferent. And, and, and my heart's not right with the Lord and I need Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning as a Christian, but you say, Pastor, I, I, haven't, I haven't been serving the Lord like I need to. And the Holy Spirit's really dealing with me right now. And I, I want to be in that raptured group. I want to be in that church that's going up when the trumpet sounds. I want to be that Enoch generation of people. Doesn't matter what the crowd does. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be in the Jesus crowd. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, please, no one moving around just for a few, just for a few seconds. You, you stand in need today of drawing closer to the Lord. I'm not asking you to tell me your sin. I'm not asking you to stand up and, and, and relate to everybody how you've been. No, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you today to look to Jesus. I'm asking you today to put your confidence in Him. I'm asking you today to look to the Lamb of God. He alone is able to save us. And if you get hooked up with Him, if you get tied up with Him, He'll change your life. You'll never be the same. What used to be a problem for you will just fall by the wayside. God will give you a new life to live. Turn from your sin and give your life to Christ. Holy Spirit, just speak to every heart now. Is there anyone in this room say, Pastor, I need to be saved? Or you're backslidden and you need to be restored to fellowship? No one looking around. You slip your hand up. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I need, I need to be saved. I need to get right with God. Anybody? Thank you so much. Anybody in this room today say, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but man... I've let the world get the best of me. I, I'm, I'm not doing my best for Jesus. I, I haven't been a, a faithful follower. Please know I'm not coming to you and I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to let you and Jesus work with that because I know He's talking to you right now. And you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I'm sincere in my heart. I want to be everything that Jesus wants me to be. Pray for me that I'll let, I'll let the Lord be the Lord of my life. And while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, you slip your hand up. As a child of God, as a Christian, amen, 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 amen.
Anybody else? Amen. Thank you so much. If if you really if you really want to do something today about changing the direction your life has gone and you slipped your hand up for either one of these reasons. This is not for the purpose of putting anybody on the spot. This is simply to give you an opportunity to make it right with God. Would you just get up from where you're at today and come and kneel at one of these altars and and, and seek the Lord and, and let, let, let some folks pray with you and love on you and help you. Pastor, I, 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 I want a I faith walk. I want a faith talk. I want a faith worship. I want a faith work. I, I, want, I want to be pleasing to God. Somebody come put your arm around You want to give it to Jesus this morning. You just want to get everything under the blood. I want, to, I want to pray it through. I tell you, sometimes we get so busy in church that we don't let God do what He wants to do in us. And this morning, I just sense, I, I sense right here at the end of the service that the Holy Spirit's not through in our lives. And you're here, and you just want to pour your heart out to God. Will you, will you let Jesus do something for you? Will you let Him touch you? I tell you, you can pray it through this morning. You can get it all out. You can give it every bit of it to Him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. These that are in the altar, just pray. Just pour your heart out. There's, there's no special way to pray. God looks at our heart anyway. He knows what we're trying to say even if we can't say it with our mouth. God knows our heart. And just pour your heart out this morning to Jesus and He'll, He'll, He'll help you right now. He'll help you. He'll change you. He'll take over. He'll do something that you didn't think He could do. Before we go home this morning, how many, how many people in the house of God? You'd stand to your feet right where you are and you slip your hands up and say, Pastor, I, I want to be that faith walking, faith talking, faith worshiping, faith working people. I want a testimony that I please God. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Come on. All over this room, you'd stand this morning and say, That's me. I want to be a faith worshiper. I want to be a faith walker. I want to be a faith worker. Oh, Jesus. Touch us, Lord. Touch us this morning, Jesus. Slip your hands up right there where you are. Jesus. We're living in difficult days, but Enoch walked with God in the most difficult of times. Help us in these last days to be a light for Jesus. Help us to leave behind a legacy of love, a legacy of faith. 
God, I pray for these folks at the altar this morning. Jesus, break the power of the enemy in their life. Just, just set them free right now by the grace of God. Let the blood of the Lamb come wash over them. Lord Jesus, I, I pray that You'll show Your power in their life today. Devil, you're defeated. You're under our feet. You've had your last best day. I thank You, Father, that You're giving us victory this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, for the glory of God, for the glory of God, touch us, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, pour into us. Touch us, O God. Draw us close to You. God, You see our hearts. That's what's important. Our heart. What's on the inside of us. How we feel. What we're thinking. Lord, I pray, touch us by Your grace and Your mercy and wash over us, Lord. And all the ill and all the hurt and all the pain and all the stuff. Lord Jesus, wash it away in Your precious blood. God, give us a new day, a new start, a new beginning. God, victory over every adversary. I thank You, Lord. We can live a different life. We can live a better life. We can live an overcoming life. I thank You, Jesus. I just pray, Lord, for the power and the move of God as we yield ourselves to You, Jesus. Lord, You're looking at the heart and the heart worships You. The heart worships You. And I thank You and I praise You for grace bigger than our sin. The grace of God that loves us touches us when we're unlovable and untouchable. Jesus, I praise You for the power of Your Holy Spirit that will come live inside of us. Come live inside of us, Holy Spirit. Come live inside of us. Change us from the inside out. Make a difference, Lord Jesus. Change the way we talk. Change the way we walk. Change the way we live. God, because of Your great love, because of Your great love, because of Your great love, Lord Jesus. Thank You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Mary, let's sing that I surrender all. I surrender all. Would you just slip your hands up to God as we go home this morning? Remember the service tonight. I'll be teaching at 6 o'clock again on the end times. We're talking about tonight the seven trumpet judgments. So... Uh, bring your Bible and a friend and let's study the Word of God together. Get ready for the rapture.